You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited you're here for today's episode. We have on Rachel Lee, a personal brand strategist and designer, and we are talking about a really cool topic today, which is brand identity, aka who you are and how that affects your business and growing your online presence. So we talked a lot about how to bring the human element back into branding, showing up as your true self, and also how scary that can feel when your income literally depends on people liking and accepting you. So Rachel had so many great insights and quotable moments that I actually had to pause, you know, when I was editing this episode and write some of the things she said down because they were just so good. And I already know all of you listening are going to have so many great takeaways. But before we get into it, I want to make sure you know about the Savor and Celebrate newsletter. So if you've been listening to the show for a while now, you've probably heard me talk about it during our bonus round at the end of each interview. But in case you're new around here, First of all, hi, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Second of all, I want to invite you to join our email community because that is the best way to stay in the loop with everything that's happening on the podcast, when we're running fun giveaways, when we're looking for new guests, if you want to potentially come on and be interviewed yourself. And I just love email because it's the only place I get to have a real two-way conversation with you. So, you know, you can reply back to me and share your thoughts, share your ideas. And I love hearing from you guys. I read the replies and I respond to every single one every single week and it's just so much fun. So coming up with us on email, the newsletter is called Savor and Celebrate because it's all about enjoying the journey and celebrating the heck out of ourselves along the way. So you can sign up at the link in show notes for that. And now without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to jam out with you today. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, why don't we start at the beginning and tell everyone how you got into business, how you got into the online business world and into branding specifically. That's a big question. And I always like to start by telling people that I started my business by accident. <laughs> I never really... We love an accidental entrepreneur. Absolutely. Like I never had the conception growing up that I would eventually start up my own business. Growing up, I was the art kid. I loved making things for people. And I just knew whatever the heck I did for my career, that's what I would do until the day I die. I love making things. And what that naturally led me into was, you know, studying design in art school, getting the full-time graphic design job, working at a marketing company, and all was fine and dandy until I realized that I wasn't happy at my full-time job. Um, Unfortunately, I thought that that was basically it. I hadn't planned anything further than that. So when I say I started my business by accident, it was because I was in the process of trying to figure out what worked better for me outside of my full-time job that was just completely unfulfilling. And it started off by just me taking on small creative projects on the side of my full-time work, um, just trying to on uh, trying to work on different projects, working with different types of people, um, figuring out what made me happy. And in the process of searching, I realized that I enjoyed having more uh, autonomy over my own projects rather than working on a set thing with this one company. So in the start of 2019, I decided to make the jump into starting up my own business. Um, basically, at that time, I didn't think of it as a business. I was like, I'm just going to quit my job and then do my own thing. Literally, that's that's the whole space that my head was in. And the first year of business was a big mess. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was messy. I did not know what I was doing at all. (laughs) I was just searching for the thing that um, would be able to pay my bills that lit me up and that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And it sounds naive to think that I thought I could discover all of that in a year, but I'd say that after a lot of mucking about, that's how I stumbled into and fell in love with 
branding. That was all sort of happened in the mishmash of my first year in business. And at first it was just, I love branding because it was the pretty stuff. You know, it's the only thing a designer can create that can live forever. Everything outside of it is just a consumable. You make a post, um, it goes away in 24 to 48 hours. You make some packaging, people literally rip it open and stick it in the trash afterwards. You make a pamphlet for a an event or um, something that's going on that also has a lifespan. So a brand for me in the beginning was something that I could build that could live forever. And it was just the pretty stuff in the beginning. So I did that for a little bit, worked on uh, branding for small businesses. But as I learned more about what business actually is, I came to realize that a brand is much more than just the pretty packaging on the outside. It's a visual representation of an identity. And identity is a huge topic. There are many layers to it and it's very complex. And I fell in love with the complexity of it, eventually waded into the world of brand strategy. And I eventually found my way into the world of personal branding, which is long segue into what I do today, um, just because I wanted to um, figure out how I wanted pr to present myself to the world as a human being who runs a business, but is a human first. I think we often forget that you're, you're a human who provides a service, but it's always a human to human thing. Business is just a language that we use to speak to each other. And when we forget that there's a human element to it, I feel like that's where things get kind of fake and plasticky. Um, and that is where branding comes in because branding helps humanize businesses. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about more of that, but that's sort of how I got to where I am today, the long winding journey. Yes, I know. And there's so, so much good stuff to dig into here. I want to, starting like for contacts for listeners, how old were you when you made that transition into doing your own thing, as you said? Gosh, I think I was like 24. 24? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. in my, I was, I was like 20, 21. So I, my early 20s as well. It's, it's funny you use the word naive. I think there is something to be said for being a little bit naive when you first start your business, because otherwise you probably wouldn't start it if you, <laughs> if you had known, like, you know, what a wild ride it was going to yeah. be. I think there's something about going into it with a bit of doe-eyed optimism. And you didn't figure all those things out in the first year, but you have figured out a lot of it now. Um, and I also think it's funny how, you know, so many of us get into business because we're in a day job and we don't know what we want to do quite yet, but we're like, well, this ain't it. So I'm going to try something else. And that's exactly what you've done. So something you touched on in your story is like brands being a representation of the person. I want to talk about like, what does that mean? You know, the brand as a person and like the human first kind of approach to branding that you take, because I think it's really unique. So do you want to explain that for everyone? Absolutely. I find that it's interesting because whenever we talk about branding, most people think about just the pretty stuff. That's kind of like the tip of the iceberg. That's all that people really see. The logo. But when you actually, yeah, exactly. It's like, no, a brand isn't just your logo. It's like one of those um, pet peeves of every uh, brand strategist ever. It's not just the logo. Um, but what I mean when I say that it uh, represents an identity is because when we, um, actually, let me backtrack. A brand is basically the way that you package and present something. A business is the thing that you do. A brand is the thing that is who you are. When it comes to, and I'll just use business brands just to keep it simple. Um, a business is kind of like a multi-celled organism, right? Like there's a lot of different moving pieces. There's a lot of employees, there's teams, there's structures, there's systems. There's a lot of different pieces that all go underneath the umbrella of that company that have to function and move together forward as one unit. Now, a brand is basically the thing that glues all of these pieces together. So like we as humans, we're multi-celled organisms. I've got a bunch of different cells in my body. They all do different things. But when you interact with me, you don't think of, oh, I am we're interacting with Rachel's face cells <laughs> or like I'm like like you don't think of all of the individual parts you're like oh I'm talking to Rachel that is my identity and that's the thing that's the wrapper that holds everything together and it's much more than just a functional thing like an identity involves personality and character there's feeling and experience and all of the almost intangible human stuff that I think a lot of 
business people don't talk about. Most people talk about um, when it comes to branding, they're like, what's the ROI? What, what am I going to get for my return on investment if I put energy into my brand? How many leads are going to come my way? How many conversions? What's the spike in conversion rate I can be expecting? They talk about it in a very technical sense when branding is actually a very human thing. It's just about presenting a business in a way that is much easier for people to relate to and connect with because we sell through connection. I buy only from people that I trust. I buy from the brands that I trust. And a brand is basically building that no like trust factor with consumers with an entity that, I mean, yeah, like a person can't relate to a company. That's a very weird relationship. If you do, they relate to the brand. The brand is the forward face of the company that consumers develop an emotional attachment to. And that's where loyalty comes in. So it's about connection and making a company feel more human so that your customers can connect with it and relate with it and basically develop that sense of loyalty. Yeah, that is, I love that distinction. I love the definition. And I think, you know, there's this common saying that people don't buy from businesses, we buy from people, which to an extent is true. But I think a better way of putting it would be we buy from brands, not businesses. And I love the distinction you made between the two there, because I can think of brands that I feel a sense of personal loyalty or like emotional connection that may not be like personal brands, like there's no face of the brand, I'm not relating to the CEO, but I still feel that human connection that you talked about. And, you know, I'm thinking as you're saying this, I'm like, oh, I can think of it as kind of like, you know, use the body analogy, like the business is the the body, the mechanics that keep things moving, but your brand is really the heart of your business, like the mm -hmm. heart and soul behind it and the identity piece, like you said. Yeah. So I want to get into the personal branding piece. And I know this is a journey you kind of went on in your own business as well, kind of switching from like the traditional company sort of branding approach to a little bit more of a personal, you know, forward facing approach. Like these days, you're very active on Instagram. You've got your own podcast. Like you definitely show up as Rachel, like you're not afraid to put yourself out there. So what has that journey been like in your own business? It was tricky. I feel like there's this huge elephant in the room when it comes to personal branding that most people don't talk to. And it's this huge fear of being seen. And I don't think yeah. you have to be in business to experience that. And I mean, I, I think we all have like at least a small handful of friends that you're connected with them on social media, but they don't ever show their face. Like their profile picture is a picture of their cat. They only post pictures of all the people in their lives, but not them. And I on I want to like first and foremost address the fact that being seen is scary because when you're seen, there's always the fear of being rejected. What if people don't like me? What if um, I look funny on camera? What if I sound funny? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I really put myself out there as the way that I am and I get rejected? What happens then? And that even just from a social standpoint is scary. It gets amplified when your livelihood's being tied to people accepting you. When you run a business and your bills are banking on the fact that people need to like and accept you, that adds like an extra layer of scary on top of that. So when I decided to make the switch from my business brand and switch over into my personal brand, it was because I was feeling disconnected from my audience. Um, I had run my business for a few years at that point, running underneath the big agency model. Most creatives do that. I was a team of one, like working out of my laptop in my parents' basement sort of deal. And I was presenting myself out there as we are this, like this big, badass creative agency. And I talked about myself in the third person. I used the word we a lot, even though it was just me. And I felt like there was a lack of, there was a lack of integrity with the way I was showing up. And I, I felt disconnected because at the end of the day, even if you do have a business brand, your business brand can only connect so deeply with your customers. Like I, as Rachel, did not exist on the internet. It was at that time, Toucan Design Studio all over everything. My face wasn't on anything. Um, my name wasn't even on the internet and I was a ghost. And what I realized over time as I was working with clients was that the experience that I wanted was to feel connected with my customers. I didn't like it when people treated me like a company. Like when people reached out to my Instagram page, they would talk to me as if I was some customer service rep. And we know how most people treat customer service reps. They're, they're just some random Joe Schmo. I could be as mean as I want to them, right? Because they don't care. They just work for some big company. And I realized that it wasn't the experience that I wanted to have when it came to connecting 
connecting with the people that I was helping. So I made the hard decision to uh, scrap the business brand and decide to put myself out there on the internet for the first time in years. And it was that awkward, like, hi, hello, guys, I've been gone for years. You haven't seen me, I, but I'm not dead. I'm alive. And here's what I'm doing now. <laughs> it was like this weird, yeah. awkward, um, hi, hello again sort of deal. But I feel like it was a transformative process because in order to work yourself to that point where you feel comfortable putting yourself out there, you have to ask yourself a lot of really hard questions. Yeah. I spent like three, I think it was like two, two, three months just sitting down um, in front of my computer and getting clear on who I am outside of even my business. Like the big, big question, who am I? What is my purpose? <laughs> like all of those things I asked myself that because I wanted to really get clear on how I wanted to communicate with the world, this is who Rachel is. And also to give myself space to accept some of those parts of myself that I feel deeply insecure about. Because when you put yourself out there, everything's going to show. So you better get comfortable with your insecurities and you better own it first. Otherwise, whatever the heck people say out there on the internet, it's like a gust of wind could blow you over and you never want to find yourself in that position. So it was a lot of deep introspection, <laughs> but yeah. I'd say that the end result is totally worth it. For sure. And I, first of all, thank you for sharing that story because I think a lot of people will relate to a lot of people on the internet, you know, want to or feel tempted to hide behind the we or like the company facing brand, even if it is just them and they're a solopreneur or they don't want to put their face on things. And like you said, that's a totally valid fear. I get where it's coming from. But, you know, something I say to people is keep in mind when you look at a company's website, and you can't find a real human being, even just like a name of the CEO somewhere. In my mind, that's like a red flag. Like I don't trust businesses like that. If you can't find any information on the person behind the brand, that's not necessarily someone you want to work with. So think about, you know, that connection you're building on the other side. And like Rachel said, it's scary, but it does become easier with practice. Um, you've been doing this for years now and you're now very confident showing up online. So like, what was that like from the first interaction, like you said, kind of ripping the bandaid off, like, you know, here I am world, this is it, to where you are now. Like, how did you bridge that gap? How did you gain confidence? Is it just from practice and repetition or were you intentional about that? I'd say that there's no easy and clean way to do it. You always, ha you have to practice. Like I remember my first time ever shooting a selfie video, the, the, the sheer worst. terror of it. Like I had, I had this um, idea in my head of what I wanted to say. And in my head, I'm like, this is only going to take 30 seconds. It's going to be clear and succinct. And I'm going to show up super confidently. In reality, what ended up happening is I took like, it was like 16 takes or something. And each of them were like five to 10 minutes long. I was flubbering around, couldn't get, just get to the point and say <sighs> what I really yeah. wanted to say on my heart. Um, it was messy, but I'd say that it just takes time and practice and you have to just show up consistently and recognize not every take is going to be great. Not every video is going to be something that you're going to be proud of. But the most important thing is, is that every single time you just do your best, um, say what's on your mind and what's on your heart and don't try to fluff things up. I feel like yeah. nowadays people actually appreciate honesty more. And even if the truth isn't pretty, just say it. So like I've trained myself to show up on camera on days when I'm doing great, but also on days when I'm doing not so great. And I'm just sh showing up to share with people like, hey guys, I had a really bad day today and I am not okay right now, but I just wanted to show up anyway because I'm practicing showing up on camera. So hi, here I am, right? So like just being very real about it and realizing that when it comes to showing up, you're interacting with people who are in your, like we, we use these words to describe the people in our circles, like audience or following, but no, th these are my friends and family. Like I know these people. It's like my mom, my dad, my grandma, grandpa, <laughs> best friend, and their dog account that follows yeah. me too. You know, it's like, it's these people, I actually know them. And I'm basically just sharing an update about how I'm doing. And when you switch the way you think about your quote unquote audience on the internet, it allows you to show up with much more humanness and it makes the process a little bit easier because I just think about like that one person I'm super comfortable talking to, like my best friend. And I'm like, I'm just 
going to think about her and I'm just going to say, I'm shooting a video to say hi to her. And when you Mm -hmm. have that one point of focus, it makes the process easier. And the more you do it, the smoother it does become because you're like, oh yeah, like I've done this so many times before. Like this is just another one, like putting in another rep and it's, it just builds on top, um, on top of each other. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I've been there. My first Instagram stories that I posted, like, face to camera, I probably took, like, 20-plus takes of them, and I still hated them. I still cringed <laughs> to even think of them. I can feel, like, the cold sweat starting of, like, how terrible it felt that. And now I don't really particularly care. Like, you said, I just show up. And for me, if I don't feel like showing up, I don't, just because that's not, like, my, you know, platform or, like, method of choice to show up on video. And it's, it's funny, you know, you're saying, you know, you show up on video even when you don't necessarily feel like it, just to like check in and say, hey, I'm having a bad day, but I'm I'm here anyway. And showing up, there's something so like revolutionary about that because I think, and it's it's really brave as well. So I just wanted to commend you for that because I think it'd be, it's yeah. very easy to kind of crawl back into our, our shell and being like, you know, on the first off day we have, being like, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm not doing it today. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, if you really do need a day off for your mental health or whatever it is, that's different. But, you know, it's... Yeah. It takes a lot of commitment to do that consistently. Thank you. Yeah, actually, I wanted to share. I had an instance last week where I I needed to take space apart. I had an absolute gong show of a week. And it was like one of those moments where I knew I wasn't okay. I knew that I wanted to share about the process with people, like let people know, here's what I'm up to. Here are the downs in business. You know, sometimes things happen. Um, but I was in a space where I was not okay enough to share. And I know that there's certain signs and for every person it's different. For me, if I'm, my mood is just kind of like, I'm slightly irritable, I'm kind of like in that blah stage, but I'm still okay to talk about it, then that's fine. But I knew the moment where I'm like, and I tested this, I tried, I won't, I had every intention to share. I turned on my phone, turned on the selfie cam. And the moment I opened my mouth, I started to cry. I'm like, all right, oh, shut it no. down. <laughs> that's that's a bad sign. Yeah. That's a bad sign. And when like, you just, it, it like gets stuck in your throat, <laughs> you just can't get it out. I'm like, all right, I need to have some space. And I ended up taking, it wasn't even a day. I needed a few days just to sit with it. Um, and I'm okay to talk about it now. Basically what happened was last week, basically all in one day, I had um, like one of my clients let me know that they couldn't continue with our engagement, um, basically uh, because they couldn't keep up with payments. And it wasn't because they didn't want to continue. Um, and then I had a bunch of other things that I had planned for this upcoming month totally fall through the floor all in one day. So I went from like being super excited and prepared for the next few months to having like zero, like zero kilometers an hour. Nothing was happening or lined up for the month of October. And it just all happened to happen in that one day. (laughs) That's the way it always goes, isn't it? Uh, It's like things are going 100 miles an hour and then it's like running into just a a brick wall at at full speed. So thank you for your honesty, first of all, because I've been there. I know everyone listening to, if you've been in business for any amount of time can probably relate to that. It never seems to be like one thing goes slightly wrong. It's like, here are five to 10 things all at once for you to deal with so definitely valid to kind of step back from from showing up and being on social for that time and and take time for yourself which brings me to a question and something I think you do so well is you know you show up authentically you're being honest with your audience and you're showing them like you know the highs and lows of being a business owner but at the same time you know there is a line between showing up you know personally and still being a professional and like where is the line you know that you draw I think is something that a lot of people struggle with because we want to show that human side of us but at the same time we are operating as a business and I think you balance that really well so I'd love to know if you have any advice for people listening who are like what do I share and what is maybe a little bit too much Absolutely. And I've done a lot of tinkering with this over the years to figure out what's a good in between because I have tried doing the thing where I'm like just full promotion, full sales mode. And very quickly, people start tuning out after the first like few consecutive days that they check your stories or your posts. And when all you talk about is business, like if I talked about branding 24 seven, goddamn, like even 
I would tune out of my own content because that's just so boring. But I also tried it where it was completely personal, where I thought, okay, maybe people just want to hear from me. But it turns out that people follow me because they're interested in what I do, but they're also interested in me as a human being, the way that I do it. So I actually figured out a good formula that I use specifically in my stories. I say I use stories because it's a really good way to um, have a conversation with your audience without having it be super formal like a post. I feel like posts, they're so scary because they live on your profile grid forever. And there's something about that that's so scary that even for me, like I... I admit I am a little perfectionistic about my posts, but when it comes to my stories, I'm like, this is going to go away in 24 hours. I It doesn't have to be polished. Like people like the behind the scenes view on things. And that's what I treat my stories as. So what the formula is, is to have a 50-50 split between the business content and personal content that you share. And when I say personal, it's like not just um, what I see a lot of people doing in their stories, which is just free sharing some posts that resonated with them. And there are some people where all of their stories, they're just free sharing other people's things. And I'm like, this is great, but I want to hear from you. Like I didn't subscribe and follow you to get rebroadcasted to. I, I want to know what's going on in your life, not just your opinion or <laughs> that funny cat meme that you saw show us an original thought yeah like 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 tell me about like what did you eat for breakfast you know like I don't care like I just like tell me about what's going on in your life so sharing about what's actually going on how are you doing what's um like a cool non-work related thing like for me I've been recently sharing a lot more about my fitness journey and how I've been like slowly after many years of having my business and not taking care of my health because of my business I'm finally starting to be more intentional with it and just celebrating the little things of like hey guys it was pouring rain today but I still showed up and did my run you know like small little bits and pieces or look at that small random thing that my cat did haha isn't that so funny or small things that bring me joy um I love sharing that so I say 50% of my stories content is those things and the other 50% is not just overtly telling people like hey like buy my product here's a fun fact about branding a lot of it is process work I think when it comes to really selling your expertise, it's it, it's kind of like the principle that they taught us in elementary school. Um, it's like, don't tell people, show them, right? Show them your expertise. Show what it looks like when things are in action. So I like to show a lot of behind the scenes shots. I love to show people, hey guys, I'm working on a design right now. Like take a look at what it looks like behind the scenes. Here's the mess that's on my computer before you see the finished product. And people love that because not only do they get to see the the, your expertise in action, they get, they, they feel honored because they're like, I got to see behind the scenes of this is what it actually looks like. And they feel like they, they're included in that process and they like it when it's not super polished every single time. So I find that it's really cool to mix a lot of those things together and it's still okay to reshare content once in a while, but most of your content should be original and it should come from you. So I'd say 50-50 would be a really good mix of personal and business and ideally mix those things and interchange them. So then it's not like one big chunk of business stuff and then one big chunk of personal, but I'd say it varies per day. Just go with what feels right and what's... and only share what's the most present with you. I'd say that's the biggest tip that I ever have. Don't ever share something that you're not excited about. Um, Share what's on your heart. Share what is exciting you in the moment because people will feel that. If you're not excited about what you're posting out because you planned it three months ago when you were content batching, ain't nobody going to feel that excitement from you anyway. So yeah, seriously, like it's, it's just about adding that layer of humanness back into the way we communicate on social media and it makes the process so much smoother. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And I've seen, you know, years ago, it was all about the content calendar and planning and batching, you know, months in advance. And more and more, I'm hearing people take a similar approach where it's sharing like what you're up to that day. Like you said, the behind the scenes content, I love a good behind the scenes story or or post, whatever it is. I love that kind of stuff. I know a lot of people do for all the reasons you said. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good tip. What would you say to someone who, you know, they want to show up as themselves and they're like, how can I be, you know, more authentic and building my personal brand and all these things that we all want? 
but a hesitation I hear from a lot of people is, you know, like we talked about off the top of the episode, they're worried that people won't like them and they feel like maybe they need to show up in a certain way in order for people to like them and then therefore down the line to buy from them. So what would you say to someone listening who's struggling with that specifically? Yeah, I had to figure this out even for myself when I was figuring out how I wanted to present myself to the world. And I think the biggest thing is that your biggest insecurity is actually the thing that people like you for. Oof. Okay, hold on for a second. Let's let's pause here. Say that again for the people in the back. Your biggest insecurity is often the thing that people like you the most for. And I'll use myself as an example because I had to do a lot of work with this um, where I guess this is a podcast so you can't see me, but I look like I came straight out of high school. I have the young Asian face. I am, I turned 29 (laughs) in a month, but I look like I'm 16 and it's a blessing and a curse uh, right now in this stage of business that I'm in. And especially when I was in the earlier years of my business, I was so freaking insecure about this. Like I felt like I needed to dress up a little bit more. I had like long blonde hair, did a lot of makeup. I revamped my wardrobe. So it was like professional, like heels and semi-formal clothing all the way for networking events. If you guys could see Rachel right now in her her t-shirt and her baseball cap, you would see it's a very different vibe she's got going on today. Yeah, yeah. And it was because I felt deeply insecure about the way I looked. And I knew that when I showed up at networking meetings, the first thought, and usually it's because most people that I network, networked with were much older. Like a lot of it was pretty much old white men. <laughs> just be honest about it. It's Let's like be a real. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like just a lot of professionals who would look at me and be like, oh, what a kid. Like they wouldn't take me seriously. And that was like a huge fear that I had. What if people don't take me seriously? I'm like, I'm fresh in business, but I do good work. I bring value to the table, but I felt like the way that I looked was getting in the way of that. So I made up for it by showing up a different way. But at the same time, it felt really unnatural. Like I knew it wasn't me. And it wasn't until I got to that point where I was wanting to put myself out there again with my personal brand. And I was like, putting myself out there back then, it felt really uncomfortable. I felt really stiff and plasticky. And I literally felt like I was downright lying to people. Like I was trying to scam them into working with me because like I needed to show up in a way that didn't feel natural. And I knew that I didn't want to do that anymore. And the scary part was accepting that, oh, the fact that I look youthful and the fact that I show up with this type of energy is actually what people have enjoyed in the past. Like people have made a lot of comments about like, oh my gosh, I love your energy. Like you're so fun. And like, it's it's like every time I talk to you, I feel like I walk away feeling more energized. And I realized that sort of young, buzzing, youthful, bouncy energy is what actually attracted people to me. And I was actually doing them a disservice by trying to tone that down and squash it underneath this wrapper of professionalism of um not putting emojis in my uh in my messages writing in perfect sentences um ending all my emails in regards or best <laughs> <laughs> like like Kind you know, regards, like yeah. the 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 sticky the um it's just like the straight jacket corporate professionalism that most people see but that's also the reason why those people don't stand out in a crowd, they all look and sound exactly the same. And I knew that if I wanted to differentiate myself, I was gonna have to start embracing the way that I am, because otherwise, it's just unsustainable. Like, I'll be honest, it it got really tiring, like, putting up a face every time I went to a networking meeting, I'm like, all right, Rachel, put on your game face, like, we're gonna march in and be the boss lady. And then behind the scenes, I'm like, oh my God, like that's so tiring. Like I'm so tired. I don't want to see these people. And it was, um, it felt like I was living two separate lives and that's not sustainable in the long run, even if it works in the meantime. So I'd say if you're in business for the long run, which I think most people should be, 
it's always better just to work with what you have. Turn up the volume on the things that are working for you. And honestly, if people don't like you when you're just showing up as yourself, you don't want to work with them anyway. You're going to have a bad time. They're going to have a bad time. So you might as well be really upfront with it and just turn away the people who wouldn't be a good fit. So I'd say branding is a natural deterrent for the people who aren't a good fit. And it's a natural attractant <laughs> is that a word yeah. it's like it's, it's the thing that <laughs> attractor pulls yeah yeah attractor yeah. um that pulls the right people into your world yes i always say the same thing about coffee or messaging is that it has two jobs and one is yes to attract the right people into your space high quality leads people whose values align with you who are going to be excited to work with you and you're excited to work with them but secondly it also needs to repel the wrong people because you don't want those people in your world and i always get resistance on this idea especially from new business owners people who have been doing this for a while right away are they're like yeah i i see the value i don't want you know i, I want my messaging and my uh branding to to repel the wrong people but people when they're just starting out they're like but I want business from anyone like I will work with anyone I don't want to turn people away and I get that you know obviously you need to to pay your bills but as soon as you're able to I really do recommend like you know getting to know who you are who you enjoy working with I was the same way in the early days of my business I wasn't you know showing up as who I really was in my personal life. And it's exhausting to try and be two people at once. The person, you know, you are in your business and the person you actually are, you know, when you turn off the camera. And I love the example of your age and how that actually turned out to be like a strength because you bring that energy. I had the same thing, like early in my business, I was like 20 when I started my business, 21, I think, when I signed up for my first like um, copywriting business program, like coaching program. And I actually like, I was hesitating to join this program because I was like, no one's gonna take me seriously. I'm like 21 years old. (laughs) And my mentor in that program said to me, she's like, Megan, let me tell you something. No one on the internet knows how old you are nor do they care like if you do a good job like you said if you're you know easy to work with if you do high quality work then the rest is irrelevant and you know what like years later i've gotten comments from people that are like i really admire the business that you built like at this age like i'm always people are always surprised when i tell them like i'm i'm 23 i'm turning 24 next month and i no longer see that as like a thing that's holding me back i see it as a strength that i've built this by 23 you know Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's always like a laugh that I get to share with people where I, I I like to ask people, I'm like, guess my age. I'm like, I promise I won't get offended. Right. <laughs> and when, when people find out how old I actually am and a lot of people in business are act much older, like they started their business in their forties or their fifties. So they look at me and they're like, Oh my God, you're a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then I laugh. Yeah, yeah. Right. I get that all the time. But I realize that it's actually amazing because it means that we have so much time. Like if we're where we are, at today, having made all of those mistakes, expedited the process, think about how much road we have ahead of us to continue doing amazing things, to keep learning and growing. So yeah, like I think it's both a blessing and a curse because there are some people who will undisputedly look at you and they're just going to question. But I feel like it's less about how old you are or the way you look. And it's just more about um, them realizing, hey, maybe it's just not the right fit for us to be working together. Like, I don't like their vibe or their personality or like the service isn't right for me. Business Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just a language that we use to communicate with each other to see if we can help each other, right? And it's there's a lot of bells and whistles that go with it. But the more time that I spend in business, the more I realize that it is just about relationships. There's just a few rules that we have put in place to make sure everyone plays nicely and nobody breaks the rules. It's just to make sure that everyone's doing their part to like, it's like keeping the traffic going, right? Um, If everybody like disregarded all of yeah the traffic lights and yeah we would have a lot of accidents everywhere but it's just about making sure that we communicate and we work together as smoothly as possible yeah for sure okay so what would you say to someone who is still struggling with like the people pleasing side of things and they're like i've spent so long pretending to be someone else than who i truly am that now at this point i don't even know who i am you know we talked about it earlier you had to get really introspective i did too when i went through my rebrand process like i worked with a strategist because i had such a hard time kind of digging that out of myself it's so easy to pull those key messages from my clients and suddenly i couldn't do it in my own business and you know working with this strategist 
strategist, as I'm sure your clients, you know, have said to you as well, it's like, it's a bit like therapy. It's like, this is, yeah. you know, your brand is personal because it is digging into you, the core of your identity. So what I want to know is like, what, you know, what are some key questions or like tips and things that people can take away from this conversation and like to dig deeper on their own? Obviously everyone, you know, if they're able to should hire Rachel, work with a strategist, you know, find the right strategist for you. But if you're DIYing it, like how do you take those first steps? Mm. Yeah, I feel like there are a few basic questions to start with, and they're deceptively simple because there's so much to unpack. But the first question that I always ask people is, first and foremost, who are you? That, that's a huge question. I know we spend all of our lives <laughs> trying to find the answer to that. It's ever evolving. You never fully arrive. But who are you now? Yeah. In, in its entirety, right? And when it comes to identity, it's not just like demographics. It's like, I'm a 29-year-old Asian female. Like, no, no, no. It's not just that. But like, I am a designer. I am a daughter. I'm a best friend. I'm a nerd. Like, I'm an in, a social introvert. Um, Like, I, I am all of these things. I'm also my hopes and dreams and aspirations. So who are you right now at this point in your journey? And then the second question is, how do you want the world to see you? Because presenting an identity is complicated. The way that you perceive yourself is kind of like being in an echo chamber. Like we are all our own worst enemy because I have my own opinions about myself, but I know people do see me differently. They don't have access to those thoughts that go on in my head. All of the imposter syndrome that's circulating or circulating around 24 seven, people just see me from the outside. So knowing that and knowing that I can't really change that, how can I be more intentional in the way I present myself to people? What's the thing that I want people to be focusing on? Is it a skill that I have? Is it a personality trait that I have? Some people, um, like I, like there's a lot of influencers who are on the internet who don't, they're not like business people. They don't offer like this, like kick-ass service or sell a product. They're just cool characters. Like you watch them for the drama and for the love of just watching them be a human and do their thing. Like you love their personality. Maybe they have like a wicked sense of humor or deadpan humor or like whatever it is. You like the way that they make you feel when you watch their content. So how do you want to present yourself to the world? And what do you want to be known for? Getting clear on honestly, even just those two things. And there are just two questions, but I spent like three months unpacking my answers to those questions. <laughs> so just yeah, it's, starting it's with a process. that. Yeah, like even just starting with that will give you the clarity of how you should package and present that. Because once you know what you want to communicate, then how you package and present it, that's much, much easier. But getting clear on those first few things um, and setting boundaries for yourself. I'd say that's sort of the third one. It's not a question, but it's sort of like an important asterisk above all of those things. Whatever that you do choose to share, make sure that you set boundaries for yourself and um, clarify for yourself, what do you feel comfortable with sharing and recognize that you don't have to share everything. Like there's a difference between what's personal and what's private and you get to say where those boundaries are. So that's one more thing I wanted to add in. Oof, that's so good. That's something I think a lot of people don't take the time to really, you know, we talk a lot about boundaries, setting boundaries, but a lot of times we're thinking in terms of like our time and like mm -hmm. communication boundaries and that sort of thing. But I think it's really important to kind of lay that groundwork. Like what is this brand going to be and what is it not going to be? How am I going to show up and how am I not going to show up? What am I going to share and not share? So yeah. I, I love those tips. I love the distinction between who are you, which is such a like huge all-encompassing question and just who are you right now? Like this yeah. year, this month, month like who are you stepping into because like I think we get caught up in trying to nail down an answer what we want our brand to be and we're like well this is it forever like I'm stuck with this <laughs> this business or this like iteration of my brand for the rest of dun, my life dun, and dun. that's just not true so I say I yeah I love how you frame that of who are you right now how do you want to show up? What do you want to be known for? And I would add to that too, something you touched on, but you know, just like a subset of that second question is how do you want to make people feel? Because those are what make really powerful brands are, you know, maybe you're known for your sense of humor, but you make people feel, you know, light, happy, uplifted, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I think being intentional with that can be really powerful in your brand. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's just about the experience you're creating for people when they interact with you, whether you're a personal brand or a business brand. It's just how do people, um, what's the feeling that people walk away with after every interaction with your brand, whether they had a conversation with you, whether they saw your social post, whether they read your email, the feeling should be the same across the board. And that's basically what all brands aim for when it comes to consistency. It's yes, visual consistency is great. Yes, it's great to have consistency with your messaging. But like, if I were to set the North Point on the compass for any brand, it's like, above all, make sure that the way people feel about your brand is consistent after every interaction. And I know it's so intangible, it's sort of hard to figure out exactly what you have to do in order to reach that. But that's why very few people have successfully built a proper brand because there's so much nuance in it. <laughs> oh, that is so true. You just, yeah, you said it all. That's why. And if you can do that, if you just take the time to intentionally nail down those words, this is how I want to make people feel. You can reverse engineer that into every part of your customer journey from like those first touch points in your content to actually working with you to your onboarding, your offboarding, all the things it makes all the difference in the world. And so I want to say, you know, to everyone listening to this, I went through this process in my own business. And that's why I can say, you know, sitting on the other side, it was really helpful to nail those things down, but I could not have done that without an outside, you know, second perspective, someone to work through that with me. So Rachel, I know you have an incredible brand new offer just this October, super special. I'm super excited. Why don't you tell everyone about it? Absolutely. This is hot off the press. <laughs> Literally, I just made, I, I was working on this just this past weekend. And I'm excited to share this because this is something I've actually never done before. I've actually never offered my services at a I don't like using the word discount. I'm going to say incentivized pricing. An incentivized price. <laughs> and yes. An incentivized price. Um, because I know it's the end of the year is coming up really quickly. And the moment it hits October, I feel like there's this switch in everyone's head that goes into panic mode of, oh my God, there's so many things I want to do before the end of the year. And one of those things is usually figuring out a new look for your brand. Most people want to start off the new year feeling and looking fresh. It's just sort of that new um, turning the page over. And I know a lot of people are thinking about that right now. So for the month of October, sort of as a kick in the butt for all of the people who've been sitting on the fence about working on a new look for their brand, I am offering um, just for five select spots, 60% off on my brand wardrobe package. And what a brand wardrobe is, it's basically all of these supporting visual elements that form the style of your brand outside of your logo. Most people already have a beautiful, amazing logo. Maybe you DIY'd it, maybe you hired a designer off of Fiverr, whatever it is, you've got this beautiful logo. But when it comes to all of the supportive styling around it, like the fonts, the colors, the, like the actual style, do people like recognize your stuff instinctively without you needing to slap your logo on it? And if the answer is no, you probably need some help with that. And what this package is, is I basically help you work with your current logo. We're not making any adjustments to that, but we're going to take a look at what your logo is, what's the vibe that you're trying to communicate. And we build out all of those supportive pieces so that by the end of it, you have basically have a full visual brand that you can easily apply to your content and to your website. And the best part is you actually have time to apply it before the new year ends because we're just in October right now. So I'm only limiting this to five spots because I only have so much space in my calendar, but I am really excited to offer this. It's on a first come, <laughs> first serve basis. Um, and I'll uh, make sure that the link to this um, offer is available in the show notes afterwards. Yes, I love it. I will make sure that's all there for you listening. You can find it super easily. Rachel, thank you so much for this conversation. We're going to wrap things up with our bonus round. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Shoot. <laughs> All right. What is something you are savoring right now? I am loving the change of weather this fall season. Weirdly enough, I don't know if it's because like I'm just aging and mellowing out, but I actually- 29's ancient. <laughs> I know it feels ancient. Like I'm actually really enjoying the turn of the season. Like 
watching the leaves change color, um, feeling the crisp, cool air now that I go out. And I'm enjoying the feeling of being cozy inside. I think before I never really appreciated this where I'm like, oh God, it's cold and dreary outside. Ew, like ew, cold weather. But now like for whatever reason, at least this, like at least this year specifically, I've actually been enjoying it where I'm like, oh, it's pouring rain outside. Yay, I get to be inside with my cup of tea and fuzzy blanket. I get to be cozy. So I'm savoring that right now. Maybe I'm just mellowing out, but I'm really enjoying the turn of the season. Oh my gosh, I've always loved this time of year. I've been a cold and dreary person since birth. So welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I, I have cozy stands here. Um, okay, secondly, what's your favorite way to celebrate? Ooh, I feel like, and to be very honest, I'm really bad with celebrating. I feel like I get that answer a lot. Yeah. And it's why I continue to ask it every episode. <laughs> yeah, like I I actually needed to have help where I'd get my business partner who would be like, yo, this is like you just hit a milestone. Can you just stop working for a second and get away from your computer? And like, let's like order bubble tea or something. And I find myself having a really hard time celebrating. So I think with little baby steps, I love just unplugging from my work and taking a night off and just doing whatever the heck I want. Sometimes it's been watching shows. I am personally rewatching Futurama right now. So I'm currently binge watching through that. Sometimes like I order myself some bubble tea or just like a small treat and give myself permission to just fully relax, like turning everything off and just allowing myself to enjoy the moment. Like it sounds small, but it's a huge, it's a muscle that I'm working on developing because yeah. it takes practice, just like showing up on camera. Yeah. It takes practice to celebrate. It does. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a muscle. It's something, you know, for anyone listening who thinks, like, I'm asking this, like, I've got it all figured out. I also still struggle with this. I just wrote an email to my list, like, talking about how I was a bit hypocritical asking all these people and forcing them to celebrate their wins because I'm always telling my friends and my clients to, and I still struggle with it. For me, I have my sister who reminds me, you have your mm-hmm. business partner. So I think it's a good tip for anyone who is also bad at celebrating but wants to practice. Find someone who will drag your ass out of the house or have a night in, whatever works for you but just someone to remind you to celebrate those things absolutely okay lastly Rachel what is a win you've celebrated recently a huge win that I like to celebrate is that I finally started taking better care of my health after having been in business for four years and having not eaten properly haven't slept properly haven't exercised at all for the first three and totally destroying (laughs) my health. This summer, um, I finally started to take better care of my health. Like I'm setting time aside in my schedule to go out on my runs. It's the first thing that I do every morning. I had to move everything else in my schedule to accommodate for it, but it was huge because for the first time ever, it feels like I'm putting my self-care and making sure I'm okay first before I show up and do everything else for my business, before the order was reversed. And I was like, if I have time for some self-care, I'm going to try to eke it out in the five minutes that I have before I go to sleep after I brush my teeth, right? Like it was always the reverse. And I found myself getting really tired and burnt out. So I'm celebrating that I'm finally like showing up and committing time in my own schedule. I'm booking myself in to take better care of my health. And it's, it's starting to feel better now. I'm like, my muscles are starting to come back. Like I don't huff and puff every time I go up the stairs now, like I'm actually starting to feel more energized. So I I get to celebrate that this season. Yeah, that's a huge win. Congratulations. And I know, you know, all of us struggle with that. Maybe we should do an episode on on some real talk on maintaining your health as an entrepreneur. Send me a DM if that's something you're interested in. I would love to to talk about that on the show because I think it's something every single one of us can relate to, but it's so fantastic that you've made that a priority and really carved out the time for yourself. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your story. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. I had such a good time talking to you. All right. Why don't we wrap up and you can tell everyone the best places to find you online and I'll make sure that the links are in the show notes as well. 
Absolutely. My favorite place to hang out still continues to be Instagram. Um, it's just the visual side of me that loves to play around with with all the pretty stuff, but you can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. I'm kind of sort of on TikTok, but I'll just say find me on Instagram. Um, my handle across the board is all the same. It's Rachel T.Y. Lee. Um, and I'll just make sure that all of the links are available in the show notes afterwards. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. This was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. Hey, Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.